Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. While the new nation defined itself in the wake of the American Revolution, Bartram sought to portray the United States as a Garden of Eden, where its people lived together in peace, in an America that was a great and favored nation. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick, following the footsteps of William Bartram in Northeast Florida. And he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode is brought to you by Discover Concord the town where our American history began. Plan to visit and explore historic Concord, Massachusetts. For more information, visit discoverconcordma.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today, our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor, George Kotlick, talking about the footsteps of the naturalist William Bartram in his home state of Florida. George is our resident Florida expert here at the Journal of the American Revolution, and Florida is really one of those places where the revolution had a profound impact that we're really still just scratching the surface of. So anytime you see an article about Florida in the 18th century, take note. I always do. But this is a story that is not traditionally what we publish here at the Journal. Uh, It's not about a battle or a founding father, but it is about the role of science and exploration that so captured the European imagination regarding North America in the first place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with George Kotlick. George Kotlick, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us about your background. Yeah, um, the American Revolution has always been a focus of my scholarly interest at university. I studied British colonial North American history at Oxford University under Dr. Nicholas Cole. In my freshman year at undergrad, I conducted a study that examined how the American Revolution was being taught in undergraduate American government textbooks in the United States. Analyzing a dozen or so textbooks, I found out that around half of my sample did not offer any serious consideration for the British perspective. Those that did consider the British perspective had a greater level of analysis and number of sources cited, providing a more substantive account of this time period for its readers. The textbooks that were limited to a conventionally positive account, on the other hand, either listed events in chronological order or skimmed the events leading up to the revolution with little to no analysis backing up their arguments. I presented those findings at the 2016 New England Political Science Association Conference. Shortly thereafter, they were published in the peer-reviewed journal, the Armstrong Journal of Undergraduate History. That research was conducted outside of a full 15-credit undergraduate course load while I was taking junior-level classes as a freshman. So in spite of that workload, I guess you could say only passion and a deep interest for the American Revolution drove that project. What first drew your interest into this topic? I love local history. I currently live in Northeast Florida within the Timucuan Preserve, right where William Bartram passed through all those years ago. The fact that he engaged in the American Revolution and the fact that activity from that war happened right around here drew my interest. I had to learn more. 
Who was William Bartram? John Bartram was William Bartram's father. You cannot mention William Bartram without mentioning his father. John had a significant impact on the course of his son's life. I will talk more about that shortly. William Bartram was an explorer. He was a botanist, a naturalist. William was given some finances. He was financed by some men in England to explore the southern colonies. In doing so, he was to report back his findings. He was to uncover plants that not had been that had previously not been seen by any white men. I mean, certainly they've been seen by Native Americans in the region, but so his was a journey of exploration in the South. And William became famous because of his book. He published his entire journey South, which I'll talk about a little more later, in a book that we refer to today as Travels, though the title is much, much longer than that. Um, but so when people refer to William Bartram and they talk about his book, they simply say Travels. Um, William was interested in the southern frontier, uh, particularly East Florida, after his father, John, invited him on an expedition that he undertook, who John was also financed by British backers in England. Uh, William went with him on this expedition in 1765 and 1766 into East Florida, and that's where he fell in love with the province. From that point forward, William returned to Florida and subsequently thereafter published his book, Travels, uh, a very popular ac account from that region, which influenced English romanticism. Why did Florida attract Bartram so much? Yeah, William considered Florida to be a natural paradise. He loved to draw. He was actually quite good at it. Florida, and particularly East Florida, afforded William the opportunity to draw plants and animals that nobody had ever seen before. Talk about Bartram's process when ex exploring a new space. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, William operated on a very unrestricted travel itinerary. He was very much open to experience. He would have a destination he worked towards, but he would have no problem prolonging his journey just to live in the moment. For example, Say he was traveling down the St. John's River and he met a plantation owner who invited him to dinner. William would likely stop his journey and go to that dinner. Then say at dinner, he was invited to observe an Indian delegation pass by the next day. William would stay and attend that event. William would see where life took him before continuing on his journey. That probably explains why his trip through the Southern colonies took so long. His journey lasted four years. Could you describe Bartram's journey? Where did he travel in North America? Bartram traveled extensively throughout the Southern colonies. He traveled through North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, East Florida, West Florida, and much of Indian country. Taken together, Bartram traveled through the modern day states of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. As far as East Florida is concerned, which was the subject of my study, he entered East Florida via Amelia Island, traveled down the intercoastal waterway to the St. John's River, and then traveled up and down the St. John's River to the Florida interior. He was a friend to the Seminole Indians who gave him the nickname Puck Puggy, which means flower hunter. Talk about his study of Amelia Island. Bartram reached Amelia Island in the spring of 1774. The descriptions Bartram noted of that island allow us to glimpse into the natural world of that area during the 1770s. 
Of Amelia Island, Bartram wrote, great part of this island consists of excellent hammocky land, which is the soil this plant indigo delights in, as well as cotton, corn, patatas, and almost every other esculent vegetable. It is a very fertile island. In addition to the land, Bartram observed several Indian mounds made up of heaps of earth and shell that entombed the bones of the dead. Three years later, rebel forces would burn every structure on that island and slaughter all the livestock in retaliation for the death of one of their officers. What did he find in the Intercoaster Waterway? After Amelia Island, Bartram traveled down the Intercoastal Waterway, though it was not called that back then. Of this region, between Amelia Island and the St. John's River, Bartram wrote of the low salt marshes, reedy and grassy islands, and the presence of rivers that afforded an extensive and secure inland navigation for most craft such as large schooners, sloops, boats, and incredible and uh, incredible numbers, in, in incredible numbers. During the American Revolution, this area was the rendezvous point for the 1707 rebel invasion of East Florida. What did his research show about the St. John's River? On the St. John's River, Bartram purchased a small sailboat he used to sail up the river. During the Revolutionary War, the St. John's River served as a natural barrier that protected the British from rebel raiding parties. Without the St. John's River, rebel raiders would have had a much easier time penetrating deeper into East Florida, maybe even threatening St. Augustine, East Florida's capital. How do you feel this article helps us understand the revolutionary era better? Yeah, this was a good question. I, when, I, when you asked me this uh, before, I really I, I liked it. In my opinion, this article shows how people at the ground level decide to engage in the American Revolution. Travels never mentioned anything about the war, which is interesting because Bartram traveled through places embroiled in conflict. Historian Edward Cashin believes that the conflict's omission from travels was deliberate, the, the product of Bartram's idealism. While the new nation defined itself in the wake of the American Revolution, Bartram sought to portray the United States as a Garden of Eden, where its people lived together in peace, in an America that was a great and favored nation. By retracing the footsteps of historical figures like William Bartram, people today can see that the American Revolution was not some far-off intellectual debate between British and North American gentlemen over political issues occurring in some ivory tower. No, the American Revolution was in our backyards, and much of what happened in that era happened at the ground level. For Bartram, his contribution to the new nation stems from his portrayal of that place as a Garden of Eden and a great and favored nation. This was the result of his on-the-ground experiences on the southern frontier. George Kotlick, thanks again. Thank you. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.